5: The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR.
6: Nice and clean, execute our race. for a shelter position, got to be there at the end. Yep, copy that. Have a nice, smooth day and
5: try to be there when it counts. The Motor Racing Network presents NASCAR Live.
6: Denny Hamlin wins the Dixie Vodka 400 at Homestead, Miami Speedway. You're down right
0: at the championship race team right there. Hell of a day. 10-4, man.
5: Go? Nascar Live is brought to you by Xfinity, internet that's more than just fast. Xfinity, proud partner of Nascar. By Whelan, on the road, in the air, and around the world. Whelan is trusted to be seen, trusted to be heard, and trusted to perform. By Hercules Tires, ride right on our strength. And by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. Blue Emu is family owned and manufactured here in America. It works fast, and you won't stink. From the MRN studios in Concord, North Carolina, here is your host, Mike Bagley.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of NASCAR Live here on the Motor Racing Network. We hope you're well, Mike Bagley, and the entire MRN crew with you for our weekly get-together. And we've got lots coming your way, including a visit with NASCAR President Steve Phelps. He's going to join us and give us some insight as to where the sport is, where we're going. We're going to include some news of the week we'll ask Steve about, including the all-star race moving to Bristol, The numbers having a new location on those all-star cars. We've got lots to talk about with NASCAR President Steve Phelps. We hope you'll stay tuned for that. Also coming up this weekend, the NASCAR Cup Series and the NASCAR Xfinity Series will move to Talladega Super Speedway. The ARCA cars will be there as well. But as far as the Cup cars are concerned, there's some changes to those cars. Ryan Blaney's crew chief, Todd Gordon, is going to join us later on to talk about those changes and what it could mean for the racing Sunday in the GEICO 500. We mentioned the Yarka Menard series will be back in action this weekend at Talladega. Well, we're going to bring in a rising star in that series to chat with us. Haley Deegan will stop by. We'll preview the General Tire 200 and a whole lot more. Plus, we'll look back on Sunday's Dixie Vodka 400 at Homestead Miami Speedway with a NASCAR Live Backtracks. But to get us started this week, we bring in the host of NASCAR Today Midday, Kyle Ricky is here with all the latest trending news in the sport. Kyle, what do you have for us?
7: Mike, it's been a busy news week in the couple of days since the race weekend ended at the Homestead Miami Speedway. On Monday, NASCAR and Speedway Motorsports Incorporated announced that this year's NASCAR All-Star Race will move from its longtime home of the Charlotte Motor Speedway to the half-mile Bristol Motor Speedway. A format for the event is still to be determined, but will still pay a million dollars to the winner. Hear this year's nascar all-star race from bristol on wednesday night july 15th here on the motor racing network and hear more about the event from nascar president steve phelps later in the show and next year's nascar hall of fame class has been announced a class of three next year that includes one pioneer and two modern era inductees for 2021 they are red farmer who won three late model sportsman titles and is the 1956 NASCAR modified champion from the Pioneer ballot, while the late Mike Stefanik will represent the modern era of modified racing as a seven-time series champion, along with two titles in the NASCAR Busch North Series. He'll join 26-time Cup Series winner and 15-time most popular driver, Dale Earnhardt Jr., who retired from the sport full-time three years ago. See more on next year's class now at
1: MRN.com. Mike? Thank you, Kyle. Coming up, we'll look back at Sunday night's race at Homestead Miami Speedway with the NASCAR Live backtracks, and later we'll go one-on-one with NASCAR President Steve Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds.
3: Why didn't you start with that?
4: The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's. Where there's a meal for every morning, and nothing says
8: morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just two bucks on the one, two, three dollar menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. da pa pa pa
9: trusted to perform
1: the Xfinity fastest lap in Sunday's cup race at Homestead Miami Speedway was turned by Tyler Reddick with a speed of 169.173 miles per hour the Xfinity fastest lap is brought to you by Xfinity that wasn't just fast that was Xfinity fast Xfinity proud partner of NASCAR we'll have a NASCAR live backtracks next first this is NASCAR live on the motor racing network the voice of NASCAR
10: Hey, race fans! Do you want to drive like a NASCAR champion? Now is your chance. Enter to win a brand new one-of-a-kind 2020 Toyota Camry TRD at NASCARFoundation.org/car giveaway and help kids in our local racing communities. This championship edition Camry celebrates the winning manufacturer's NASCAR Cup Series title. Donate just twenty-five dollars to the NASCAR Foundation for your chance to win. Go to NASCARFoundation.org/car giveaway. Drive like a champion today by visiting NASCARFoundation.org/car giveaway.
11: For more than 80 years, Detroit Diesel has been the legendary driving force powering Freightliner and Western Star trucks across North America. Through our state-of-the-art Detroit technologies and components and safety systems, we've earned our customers' trust as a reliable business partner dedicated to improving their bottom line. It's no wonder they continue to depend on Detroit to keep them safe and efficient on the road. When you demand it all, demand Detroit.
1: This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. This past Sunday, the NASCAR Cup Series was in South Florida at Homestead, Miami Speedway. Here is some of the best in-car audio from the Dixie Vodka 400 with this week's NASCAR Live Backtracks. (laughs)
11: Well, make no mistake about it. There is weather in the area. We can see it clearly from the broadcast booth. On 2, Lambert, you're hearing that about sprinkles, right? Yeah, you can
6: see it inching its way this way. You got anybody on the box that may scan the MRN, they'll be the first to know it. Fielding control, the governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis, on top of the flag stand. He puts the green flag out, and the Dixie Vodka 400 is underway.
0: Be ready.
2: Ready, ready, green, green, green.
0: Nobody gets the break on the entry to turn number one. Now Logano begins to creep away. By a hot the car length on the inside. Joey Logano to the
6: lead as they hit the back straight away. Bumper, still barely there, so he's still there. Brad's got his quarter, though. You're clear by half. Clear, 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 clear. Brad's coming at, at the bottom. And we're going to go under the caution flag. It is because there was a lightning strike within 10 miles. All right, huge lightning bolt on the back stretch really close this time. I don't know if it's going to get all the way here. It might, might get one and two a little bit here, but uh, I want to get some shelter ready and stall there if it starts coming down really hard.
1: Trouble off turn number four, Ryan Newman has a problem. He'll spin to the bottom of the racetrack and immediately bring his car to the pit lane.
0: All right, he's straight right there. Okay, Carson is out, Carson is out, Carson is out. out. Put some tires, right side tires or whatever's flat. Just whatever's
11: flat, put the tires on it, and I'll go back out. Right rear went down, going into uh, three there. and never hit anything. It never hit, anything. It hit me, just so you know. The number of drivers that were pitting further back over in front of Steve Post really got knotted up as they were trying to get out of pit road.
6: Steve Post, it looks like Kevin Harvick has come back in. Yeah, I think a little damage from what you guys talked about. They dusted up that car, bounced off. Someone crew
0: to the right rear of that automobile now. Damn yeah, out that was bulls**t that's nascar's fault
11: can't just say we're going one to go in open pit road that's stupid and they
0: checked up and i looked up and it was like uh uh-oh pushed in kyle said it's pushed in the lower part he's not sure if it's going to be all right or not
11: joey logano i see you following him back down pit road alex hayden well he had an extended stay down there
6: so i had a hole somewhere to splitter came apart or what do we have can't find anything
0: there's nothing wrong with it Oh, i couldn't find anything some bear-bound stuff on it just because it's weak in that area just stiffen it up um, made sure the hood was sealed up good there then got another adjustment on it well, the story on jimmy johnson is and
9: you're right it's been uh, the grip has been a problem with him the car's not been really good in the race at, but he's also had a problem with one of the roof flaps on the roof of the car and these are safety precaution elements on these cars is the
0: thing up again? I'm up to jump all of a sudden. Yeah, man, it seems to be. It is, which is obviously the problem. All I can say is just be patient with it. Don't overdrive it. Put yourself in a back spot. Just be smart, be smooth with it. And we'll do what we can, what we can. It's got 20 to go.
6: Couple of cars getting together up in middle of turn number one. One of them was Joey Logano. It may have been Ryan Newman, the other car. Hey, what the f*** <laughs> expect? We're going to race. He <laughs> goes in there and wrecks me. He did the same thing to the four, three laps to go. It's all good, buddy. I got left front damage. I got him in the right rear. Yeah, there is some right side damage on Ryan Newman's car. Carson's out. Carson's out. The right rear tire rope. Copy. Watch 22 here. Watch the 22 coming back to you. Looks like he was having a hard time holding straight on the straightaway to me.
0: Look at the nose and then the right recorder panel.
11: Left 206. Hamlin leads. Harvick is on pit road.
0: I have a flag here. I got a flag coming this
11: time.
6: Checkered flag in the air. Denny Hamlin wins the Dixie Vodka 400 at Homestead Miami Speedway. Hell oh yeah, fellas. Welcome back, Gabe Hart. Great job, DH. Nice little 60-pointer right there. Later, rebound, boys. You know I'm right.
1: That's a championship racing right there. Hell of a day. step 4 man. Where to go. It was Denny Hamlin's 40th career NASCAR Cup Series victory. Congratulations to Denny and that number 11 Joe Gibbs Racing Toyota team. Coming up on NASCAR Live, we'll go one-on-one with NASCAR President Steve Phelps. And later, ARCA Series driver Haley Deegan will join us.
5: Today's broadcast is brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the
2: I thought so. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Racing
1: Network. Folks, we have quite the congested broadcasting schedule from Talladega this weekend. Three opportunities for you to join us here on the Motor Racing Network. First of those comes Saturday at 2 p.m. Eastern. We'll cover the Arkham Series General Tire 200, followed by the NASCAR Xfinity Series race at 5 p.m. Eastern time. And then we're back Sunday afternoon for the GEICO 500. Motor Racing Network on the air at 2 p.m. in the east. NASCAR President Steve Phelps will join us next. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR
6: the nascar season is back hi this is alex hayden we're headed back to the racetrack and while fans won't be with us in person the motor racing network is setting up a virtual tailgate party tweet us pictures or videos of your race day setup use the hashtag nascar we want to hear from you find us on twitter at mrn radio use the hashtag nascar we may feature your tailgate on an upcoming mrn program be a part of nascar's tailgate party on the motor racing network
0: it's Rip the Fence. Alex Bowman is here. Jeff Gordon, your boss, was there one night, slinging back whatever he was drinking. We didn't confirm what he was drinking.
1: Maybe we'll do that in a little bit. He
9: was drinking Stella. Stella Artois. He, wow, classic. You can misconstrue that between arrogance or confidence, and you know, sometimes there's a fine line.
1: I think that the mustache was the
9: confidence. Definitely. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know how I had any confidence after wearing that damn
3: thing. <laughs> it's the Rip the Fence Podcast available on MRN.com and your favorite podcast app. Whelan would like to congratulate Danny Hamlin
5: and his number 11 Joe Gibbs Racing Pit Crew for the win at Homestead Miami Speedway. They are the Whelan Pit Crew of the Week. While leading, Hamlin brought his Toyota down pit road for the final time with 50 laps remaining.
0: And a very smooth stop onto pit road. Right side tires going on to FedEx Toyota. Adjustment going in. Looked like a track bar going down. Maybe a round, round and a half on Denny Hamlin. Left side tires going on. A smooth stop to the white, purple, and orange Toyota.
5: On the road, in the air, and around the world, Whelan is trusted to be seen, trusted to be heard, and trusted to perform. Now, back to your host, Mike Bagley.
1: Thanks for joining us on this week's NASCAR Live. Earlier today, I had a chance to visit with NASCAR President Steve Phelps about the sport of NASCAR and the direction that we're going here in this 2020 season.
3: I'm doing great. How you doing, my friend?
1: Doing great. Today, not a lot to chat with you about, but today is a big day for our sport. Uh, This day is normally in May, but due to the COVID-19 pandemic and such, we have pushed Hall of Fame voting day and now Hall of Fame announcement day to today. This this is a pretty this is a pretty big day for our sport, isn't it? When we get to honor some of the people that have contributed so much.
3: Yeah, it's, it's listen. I I feel fortunate to be on the panel that um, you know that chooses um, both who's being nominated as well as those that are getting in the Hall of Fame. Um, it's a it's one of the most special things I get to do as as an employee at NASCAR and. I know they're all, you know, you hear all the stories, you know, from the different folks as they're um, talking about the candidates and, you know, whether they haul worthy and, you know, who gets in when and uh, making some really compelling stories. So it's great to hear from a lot of the historians of the sport, you know, we've changed the, you know, how the, the voting happens with both modern era and then pioneers. And I think it's just a, I think it's a really, um, I think it's a really good change, and excited for uh, the results to come out this evening.
1: We used to uh, induct five, and now we're going to induct three—two from the modern era and one from the pioneer era—and then of course the landmark winner. What what
3: created that change? What brought that about? Yeah, I think Mike, if if you, you know, we had to catch up with other sports, right? Because we didn't have a Hall of Fame, and so a decade of putting people in five at a time. And I think that really worked for us. Um, we we're starting to see, you know, then the question is, well, how many is the right number, right? And how do you make sure that the folks that are going into the Hall of Fame are Hall worthy? Um, because, you know, hey, if, if you're Richard Petty, um, you know, <laughs> you, you're at a pinnacle, right? And then so what's that threshold between, you know, Richard Petty, Dale, Hearn, uh, Dale Earnhardt you know, David Pearson, and then what's it look like below there? What should be that cutoff? That's dissimilar to where baseball is, a certain number of votes or whatever. So I think it was really trying to get to what um, this idea of, of Hallworthy. Um, and then I think the split between modern era and then pioneer, I think there is some concern from, from folks that, you know, the pioneers are going to be forgotten. And so I think it was a really – in an elegant way for us to make sure that, you know, that those that were the pioneers of the sport are getting their due. Um, and, I, and I think you'll, you know, you'll see that as the, as the votes come out and, uh, you know, not just this year, and as we move forward, you know, looking at, at those pioneers, because I, I think the modern era, um, you know, I think there's some really um, incredibly um, visible uh, members of our sport who are going to come up. For Hall of Fame um, and nomination, and uh, so I think we'll see some, you know, some folks that are, um, you know, it, 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 people would say, "Oh, that makes sense that they're in there." And if they're overshadowing the pioneers, you know, I think it was a really, a really good solution for us. Let's shift
1: gears here, and I guess we'll go in most current, and then work our way back. Announcement coming that the All-Star Race is moving to Bristol Motor Speedway. And the cars are going to look different. They're going to slide the number over to just in front of the rear wheel to give it a little more sponsor placement there on the door. What brought about that adjustment? I know we've had that in other series in the sport, but what's brought it now to the Cup Series?
3: Yeah, well, two things. First, I would, let's start with Bristol. Um, you know, we really want to race in front of fans. Um, and and it just, it's not the same without fans. We had a, a very small number, as, as you saw this past weekend at Homestead, with uh, military members and their families, first responders and their families, um, Weather wasn't our friend there as, as, as we know, but it was great to see fans in the stands, even in limited numbers. So as we go back to Talladega this weekend, you know, having more, so it's kind of a phased approach to getting us there, but the, it was clear that we were not going to get the approval from, you know, the County and the governor in North Carolina to run our all-star race with fans. And so worked with Marcus Smith and and Marcus really leading the charge here to push it to another one of their venues. Um, And I mean, uh, the all-star race at Bristol, I I can't even imagine how great that's going to be. You know, no points on the line, just, you know, you know, checkers or wreckers. I think it's going to be really spectacular uh, on that front Uh, with respect to the, the second part of the question and the, the moving of the number, you know, I think all-star historically has been an opportunity for us to test things. Um, and I think that's exactly what we're doing with this. You know, the teams had asked us to take a look at this it provides additional visibility for sponsors. Um, and, and so that's something we'll test. And I, you know, looked at, you know, the MRN poll and you guys were talking about it this morning, you know, it's, um, uh, 44% don't like it. 56% do or don't care. Um, so we'll evaluate it. Is the right thing to do? Is it not the right thing to do? Um, you know, I, there's a there's a vocal minority on a lot of things, right? And I, I know there's some folks that came out and said, "Hey, listen, this is not for me. I don't like it." So, we'll uh, we'll take that all under consideration. And as we move past All Star, we'll uh, we'll see what it looks like moving forward.
1: I know that there's a fine line preserving tradition and catering to a core fan, and then moving on and trying new things and so perhaps catering to the new fan or the potential fan that may be out there what is that challenge like trying to cater to two uh parties here that are
3: that are obviously very valuable in the sport yeah you you know mike i think there's um not in every instance but i think there are instances where you can actually do both Uh, i don't think you have to have the two at odds with each other you know sometimes that's going to happen but you know for us you know we've talked about you know hearing from the core fans and and we do uh, and we want to hear from the core fans of what they have to think. traditional fans. Um, There are certain things that, you know, we want to try out or we believe is in the best interest of the sport after collaborating with our industry and saying, you know what, this is something that we should test. And this is one of those, um, you know, one of those opportunities. And I don't know whether it appeals to a, a newer fan versus a, you know, a fan for 40 years, you know, these, you know, these, uh, you know, the changes in the paint schemes. But, you know, again, it's, it's one race. It's the all-star race. You know, what better time to test something? We have more.
1: Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why didn't we start with that?
4: The Breakfast Stampede meal. It's only at McDonald's, where there's a meal for every morning. And nothing says morning
8: like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just two bucks on the one, two, three dollar menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Vada pa pa pa. Good
7: afternoon. Would you like to try a free sample of our double fudge brownie?
11: Oh, sure. Mmm, that's very good. I- I'll just take one more, just to be sure. Yep.
2: Still very good. Some things never change. Like never being able to take just one free sample. And Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance.
11: Mmm. Is
2: that macadamia nut I taste? Let
11: me take one more. Sir,
1: mm.
2: Yeah, I thought so. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.
1: $5,000. Will you be next? We've got more with Steve Phelps, NASCAR's president, next. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. Citywide to countryside. Whatever you drive, wherever you go,
9: Hercules Tires has the value, selection, and industry-leading warranty to get you there, no matter where the road takes you. Go to HerculesTire.com. There you can find the nearest authorized Hercules retail location to you. Plus, you can use the tire tracker to find out which Hercules tire fits your vehicle the best. That's HerculesTire.com. Hercules Tires, ride on our strength.
5: The 1993 Cup Series season had more than its fair
6: share of twists and turns. Dale Earnhardt and Mark Martin had a problem here yesterday, got together. That's Dale Earnhardt. He shouldn't even been messing with me in the first place, and so I flipped the script on him, and what does he do? Wipe us out.
5: Here's stories you've never heard before in a 10-part series called The 1993 Season. So Dale comes over and I said, what did Mark say? He said he wouldn't talk to me. So Mark goes on to win four races in a row after that. You can download it for free on iTunes and at MRN.com right now. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley.
1: Welcome back to NASCAR Live. We're so glad you're with us here on this week's show. We continue now with our one-on-one conversation from earlier today with NASCAR President Steve Phelps. It seems like that the um, the headwinds have been pretty strong with with change, and, and I want to say get buy-in, but there's been a lot going on in the sport, and it started last week. NASCAR's taken some pretty – definitive, strong positions on social matters, whether it be Black Lives Matter, racial injustice, um, you know, it's Pride Month for the LGBTQ community, also banning the Confederate flag. Where has all of this come from? Why now? And what's it been like navigating these waters now in what I just mentioned has been a week ago that these announcements were made?
3: Yeah, listen, it it was a difficult week to be sure. And it's not like these things happened overnight. They did not. Um, these are conversations that we've been having for a long time. Um, you know, we had a um, we had an attempt at banning the conf- Confederate flag in 2015, we didn't really get industry buy-in on doing so. Um, it was important for us to do that. And I think part of it has to do with, you know, what's going on in society right now, what, contextually what's going on around us. Um, and I think that um, you know, the, the management team here and the collaboration that we received from, you know, the SMIs of the world and the independent racetracks and the community at large, that everyone felt that this was the right time uh, to do this. Um, I'm not suggesting that, you know, we as an entity um, and as a sanctioning body are the place for social issues to bubble up and display ourselves. I, I think I would go with really kind of where Baba Wallace has been on all of this as it relates to the flag or, you know, kind of, um, you know, what's happening in society is, well, why don't we just, you know, listen, try to understand what's happening out there, and then just have compassion for each other. You know, our, our racetracks and going to races, that should be fun for everyone. Everyone should feel welcome there. And that's really what we're trying to get to. So this You know, this inclusiveness um, really is meant to be just that. It's not meant to be exclusive. Um, You know, we don't we want everyone going to racetrack to feel like, hey, this is a party. This is fun. Um, You know, when you and I go to the racetrack, Bagman, it's fun for us, right? We we there's no place we'd rather be than at a racetrack. Um, It's awesome there's a segment of the population, including, you know, Bubba Wallace and his friends and family and other that would go there and they'd be like, I don't feel like I'm welcome here. I, I don't, there are people here that are displaying symbols that to me find offensive. Right. And, and that's all he's saying, which is, Hey, why, why would we, why are we displaying things that make people feel like I, I don't want to be here? Um, cause, cause uh, we want to welcome the sport to everyone. You know, when you take a first-time fan to the to the racetrack, you're proud, right? You're representing as an ambassador to the sport what's going on in our sport. And it's like, this is why I love this sport. I'm going to show you. Um, and that's what we need to do. And so the celebration that is coming to the racetrack, that's something that we want for everybody.
1: Now, as it pertains to the flag, obviously, when we open up the racetrack and fans come back in, that policy could be tested. What will the enforcement be like on that?
3: Yeah, you know, Mike. It's a um, we're working through what that looks like. Obviously, we will be tested this weekend at Talladega, and you know, it's a it's a multi-step approach that we're gonna um, that we're gonna employ. You know, we we want to appeal to people's understanding of hey, listen, this is a decision that we've made, and it's a decision that we need to enforce. Um, so there are multi layers to what it looks like and different steps that we're going to take. I won't get into that now, but. Uh, but we are going to enforce it.
1: Let's shift gears again, and let's talk about scheduling, midweek racing and such. We've had some midweek racing, and I know that some of that midweek racing has been punctuated with rain and delays and whatnot. How do you gauge success? This is something that a lot of us have been wanting for a long time. We've gotten it. How do you determine if it's
3: working or not? Yeah, that's a good question. I think that um, you know part of it is we have had rain, right, um, and it's been difficult. You know, trying to get back to some, you know, getting the schedule in our, our first and foremost, our, our thought process was around getting every race in this year. We think that's really, really important, particularly as you look at these other sports who are looking at truncated seasons and, you know, true cancellations, not just postponements. Ours, ours have been postponements, and we want to make sure that we get a full race. Now, obviously, there have been some racetracks that we will not go to this year that we wanted to go to, Chicago, Sonoma. Um, you know, th- it's unfortunate. Um, but we needed to do what we needed to do in order to get those races in. You know, some midweek races, I think, have been a, a ton of fun. You know, the, I-, I think the going in and having a one-day show is something that we have, have shown that we can do. It might be something we could look at as we move forward. Whether um, we'll see that in 2021, I'm not sure. We're working through those things right now, obviously, pretty fluid right now with the 2020 schedule. But pretty soon we'll be, you know, we we've already announced Nashville. We need to start to announce what the balance of the of that 2021 schedule is going to look like. Um, but I think it's been fun. Um, I I love going to the racetrack on a Wednesday night, um, and we'll have, you know, you know potentially, you know, s- some more. Uh, mid-races that we'll talk about in kind of the balance of the 2020 schedule when we release that soon
1: and that was going to be my next question we had the wave of races most recently up through the beginning of august and, and new hampshire when might we can expect the next wave or will it be the rest of the schedule i know things are still fluid because of the hot spots that are popping up around the country how important is that and how does that affect what we do or don't do going forward the rest of this year
3: yeah, I think um, if you look at it, we are, we'd are we love to announce the, the balance of the schedule. Um, we'll, we'll do that probably in the next, you know, 10 days, two weeks. Um, you know, if we can do it sooner, we'll do it sooner. We just need to make sure that we have the approvals necessary from the various governors and, and we are feeling confident that the balance of the schedule, we will have that. And then it's really the question is, all right, once you have those approvals, what do they look like? Can you race in front of fans or are you going to race, you know, without fans? So right now we are, are racing in front of fans in Talladega and a limited number. The following week we're going to go to Pocono. We will not have fans. Governor Wolf has made it very clear that we are not approved to have fans at Pocono for that weekend, which is disappointing, right? I'm not, I'm not trying to get out Governor Wolf. He needs to run his state the way he, he needs to run it. Um, but it was going to be a a party that everyone was really looking forward to going to, um, for that, for that weekend at Pocono. Um, but we'll go there and we'll run the races. Um, it will get some more learning about cup races back to back, you know, how that's going to work. You may see that later in the year as well, but, you know, it will be nice to get back to a place where, you know, every single facility we go to will race with fans. Um, and, and, you know, I imagine when we go to Texas, for example, you know, we'll have fans there. We announced All-Star, um, you know, going to Bristol, we're going to have fans there. So those are, those, those are exciting things for us. So a l- little bit of a balance with fans, without fans, with fans, without fans, that we'll have a little bit. Then ultimately, you will get to a place where we'll just be racing with fans.
1: I know that a lot of fans are looking forward to that. We're looking forward to having them back. It's a weird place to be at a racetrack with race cars on the racetrack. And no fans there. I got a taste of that for the first time at Homestead over the weekend. So we want to back as soon as possible. We appreciate all you're doing. We appreciate all the management team is doing. And basically, the sport is back, and we continue to make those baby steps. And We appreciate all the efforts to get us there and take us forward here as we continue to navigate this fluid situation of these uncertain times. It's a, It's a lot to digest and a lot to process, but we appreciate all the efforts that are going on behind the scenes right now.
3: Yeah, well, I appreciate it, Mike, and appreciate your time. I think the one thing I would say at the end is this doesn't happen without the collaboration of an entire industry. It just doesn't. So, you know, our race teams have been phenomenal. Race racetracks. Um, you know, those that we don't own, obviously the ones that we own, it's a lot easier. Um, the drivers themselves have been phenomenal. I, I just, the OEMs, the sponsors, everyone kind of coming together as an industry that has created uh, the opportunity to be the first major sport back uh, without fans, the first major sport back with fans, um, you know, drawing some great numbers on television, digital, and social, and, and pushing this sport forward. So, couldn't do with all I mean, everyone's support um, and, and really, you know, we talk about collaboration, how important it is for our sport. It, it really is. And, you know, really proud of where the sport uh, has gone over the past three months. That's NASCAR
1: President Steve Phelps. Still to come on NASCAR Live, we'll hear from ARCA driver Haley Deegan and later NASCAR Cup Series crew chief Todd Gordon. Sir, are you aware you were going 40 miles an hour?
0: This is a residential area.
2: Sure, but I'm on my lawnmower. Wait, am I getting a ticket?
0: No, I've just never seen anyone top nine miles an hour on one of those bad boys. And mow
1: their entire lawn in 30 seconds? What got into you? Well, it did fuel up at Sunoco this morning.
3: At Sunoco, we know how to fuel peak performance. We've been doing it for American Racing for over 50 years. Fuel your best.
10: Hey, race fans! Do you want to drive like a NASCAR champion? Now is your chance. Enter to win a brand new one-of-a-kind 2020 Toyota Camry TRD at NASCARFoundation.org/car giveaway and help kids in our local racing communities. This championship edition Camry celebrates the winning manufacturer's NASCAR Cup Series title. Donate just twenty-five dollars to the NASCAR Foundation for your chance to win. Go to NASCARFoundation.org/car giveaway. Drive like a champion today by visiting NASCARFoundation.org/car giveaway.
1: You'll hear from Arkham Menard Series driver Haley Deegan next. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR.
0: Now we're uh, easy top 10 car.
1: Before you dive into the race
0: weekend, get up to speed with MRN Out Loud. That is what makes an extraordinary team. I'm Woody Kane, inviting you to join me every Thursday as we talk to NASCAR drivers and crew chiefs about the coming weekend's race. There's a lot that we've been working on. And let you know when and where to hear MRN's coverage from the track.
4: It's one of the older race surfaces we go to.
0: Gear up for the race when you catch MRN Out Loud streaming every Thursday at MRN.com or wherever
9: great podcasts are found i <laughs> Jeff Gordon has come from virtually nowhere. He's one of NASCAR's all-time greats.
11: For the 93rd time in his career.
9: A pioneering champion. Be at the right place at the right time. The kid who took on the good old boys and changed NASCAR. We started to go toe-to-toe from Earnhardt. MRN presents a 10-part podcast series that traces Jeff Gordon's rise to NASCAR legend. Jeff Gordon, the colorful career of the Rainbow Warrior. Available now at MRN.com and your favorite podcast source.
5: This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley.
1: Thanks for joining us on this week's NASCAR Live. This weekend, NASCAR moves on to Central Alabama and the Talladega Super Speedway. It was announced last week that 5,000 fans will be able to attend Sunday's GEICO 500. Earlier today, MRN's Woody Kane had a chance to chat with the president of Talladega Super Speedway, Brian Crichton.
0: They will be welcoming fans back to the track this weekend. I should say, though, Brian, they started doing it a little bit at Homestead, but that was about 1,000 military personnel and a few other selected guests. You guys are going uh, well above and beyond that, right?
12: We are, yes. We're welcoming up to 5,000 guests and 44 RVs back to Talladega Super Speedway uh, this coming uh, weekend. So very, very excited about it. You know, it was a great um, you know, event at uh, Homestead. Uh, as you mentioned, with a thousand military, but these are 5,000 fans that we're actually selling the admissions to uh, and bringing them back out to uh, Talladega Super Speedway And a first step, you know, it's a step in the process of getting back to normal.
0: And uh, as you mentioned, it's been a step by step process. NASCAR had to uh, work with a lot of state and local officials to start things back at Darlington. And it was different based on whatever community they were racing in that particular weekend. And I imagine. Uh, Alabama is no different, everybody's rules seem to be just at least a little bit different What's unique about Alabama, and what kind of things people need to be aware of there?
12: It is so. Yeah. So uh, Alabama is, uh, you know, they have their own policies and procedures, as you mentioned, their own health order. Um, we are, uh, you know, obviously permitted to have fans back in the stands. NASCAR's done an amazing job with, with first and foremost bringing racing back to the, to the, to the track, like they did in Darlington, and then so we built off of that and working with NASCAR, local health officials, uh, the, the Alabama state government, uh, and, and everybody to take that from that racing uh, you know, without fans protocol to developing it with fans. So the fans come out. We are going to have screening. Everybody's going to be screened. They'll be asked certain questions just to make sure that they haven't uh, had any symptoms over the past 14 days. We will be doing temperature readings as well. Um, and then we are asking that the fans wear masks when they're, they're uh, at the Talladega Super Speedway too. We are social distancing out in our grandstands, so we'll make sure there's that six feet of separation between the groups of uh, four pods or four seats that we're selling uh, to the fans that are coming back out.
0: Now, I know when NASCAR has been doing this, it's obviously been for participants only because there weren't any fans until recently. And it was very strict in terms of the protocols you had to follow. And I imagine this is more than just a, a mere suggestion, right? Folks who don't want to follow those rules, I guess, just won't be allowed to come in, right?
12: You, you're, you're right. Or if they're showing any type of symptoms, you know, we want to make sure that we are taking this, you know, extremely seriously. And we're being very, very cautious. That's why we're only having 5,000 fans in, you know, an 80,000 seat uh, a, a arena. Now, we're only using about 40,000 of those seats to spread these 5,000 fans out, but we're being overcautious because this is a first step. This is a first step of getting back to that normal, too. And so we want to make sure we're following all the policies, protocols that the state of Alabama, NASCAR, and others local health officials have to make sure that we can continue to grow these policies and procedures and, and, and start bringing more and more fans back to the uh, NASCAR races.
1: That's Talladega Super Speedway President Brian Crichton. Coming up Saturday afternoon, the Arkham and Art Series will race in the General Tire 200 at Talladega. And one of the sports drivers to watch is Haley Deegan. MRN's Kyle Ricky spoke with her about this weekend's race.
7: Talladega this weekend. Uh, you finished second at Daytona uh, back in February, your first Super Speedway race. And you mentioned before Daytona that, you know, that was kind of like that bucket list track that you really wanted to, to drive on and, and ultimately mm-hmm. race on, which you did, I feel like, all of January. And into february where uh-huh. does talladega this weekend fall on that list uh for haley Deegan. is it is it close to daytona
13: it's under the category of i want to win a super speedway race this year that's like another bucket list thing is okay win a super speedway race because that's like you want a super speedway race. that's pretty cool <laughs> and so uh that's kind of the next thing on my bucket list so talladega is under that category of things so whether we accomplish that or not it's just racing at Talladega, there's just so much history that's at these tracks and so many memorable things that have happened. And just, and when you go to the tracks, it's just, it's like a wave of just legendary things. And it's, it's a crazy, crazy feeling. My first time going to Daytona, I remember it was like, it's just an eye opener to how big racing is and how big the sport of NASCAR is and how, how it's built so much.
7: Finished second at Daytona in your Super Speedway debut. What did you learn in February in the draft for the first time that you might be able to apply uh, to the race this Saturday?
13: It gets really hot. (laughs) Your foot feels like it's on fire. But no, I'd say that there was a lot of good drafting things that I learned. Um, You just really have to experience the things and practice them in real life. Like you have to actually race on Super Speedways to learn the draft and learn everything about it. And so Daytona was kind of like my baseline of trying to figure out what drafting was. So I haven't really done a lot of drafting. I've, I've done little drafting here and there at some of like the bigger tracks we went to in the k series, but I didn't race a super speed race. And so all of that was new to me and it was all just like new experience and new learning things. And I feel like we caught on to it pretty quick since if you're wide open, so you don't have to focus on like gas break or anything. You're mostly just focused on side drafting people, um, whether you're in the draft saving gas, like there's different things you're focusing on. So It's just, it's all new learning things.
7: And we should mention the General Tire 200 this Saturday, two o'clock Eastern time here on the Motor Racing Network. I read that you've had a lot of simulator time uh, Mm -hmm. recently. Um, Same type of question. What do you learn in the simulator? What can you apply from the simulator to to the real racetrack when when you do get back in the seat?
13: hopefully it's just getting familiar with all these tracks i've been on my simulator at home a lot back in california that's where my sims at i don't have one out here so i just go to the Ford sim which is actually really nice like not complaining at all <laughs> but you have to actually schedule that one you can't just go on whenever you want so uh, i've been on the forward sim here the past couple days practicing trying to get more familiar with everything try different setups um But the one at home, I've been on there every single night, literally, I hop on with my friends, we all get on discord, and we all race and get in different races. And it's just so much fun. And I think that it's just learning the bases of every single track. It's hard to kind of get into like setups and everything and super line specific, because it all matters on like temperatures, different things like that setups in the car, which I'm not as familiar with how to work on like the setups and stuff and iRacing some um, i'm still learning and still new to the stock car world so uh, i think it's just gaining experience and laps at these tracks
1: that's arca menard series driver haley deegan motor racing network will have coverage of the general tire 200 coming up this saturday starting at 2 p.m eastern coming up ryan blaney's crew chief todd gordon will join us to explain the changes of the cup cars at talladega and later we'll look back on this week in nascar history
5: And now a game of Commercial Chicken, brought to you by Progressive, where we see how long Flo can go without talking about insurance. Ready? Go.
14: Oh, hi. Um, okay, guess we should talk about something. Kind of tough to be put on the spot. Not sure what to say. But I know what I'm definitely not talking about. Drivers who switch to Progressive can save big!
5: Okay, you win. We can't help but save customers money.
1: Trusted to perform. NASCAR Cup Series crew chief Todd Gordon will join us next. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR.
0: Wing Nation, presented by Sage Fruit on MAV-TV. I'm Donny Schatz, and you're watching Wing Nation. Saturdays at 7.30 and 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time. This is Brad Doty, and you're watching Wing Nation. This is Steve Post. Join Ashley Strummy and I as we talk to the biggest names in wing sprint car racing. This is Terry McCarley. This is Danny Dietrich. This is Brian
9: Brown. This is Greg Wilson. I'm Sheldon Hineshield. You're watching Wing
2: Nation. This is Brent Marks, and you're watching
11: Wing Nation on MAV-TV. Wing Nation, Saturday morning. Mornings on MAV TV. I'm Darren Pittman, and you're watching Wing Nation on MAV TV.
9: Hey, guys, this is Corey Joy. Join me and my two friends, Lauren Fox and Daryl Mott, on Sunday Money. Every week as we talk a little NASCAR racing, a little nonsense, but mostly bicker with each other. I had
13: a Super Bowl party, and neither of you <laughs> showed up. We get I mean,
0: along okay sometimes. Yeah. i say it's 50-50. I think the hairspray just seeps through his cranium into
9: his brain. <sighs> throws off his... I'm regretting being here. No topic is off limits, so come join our conversation every week on Sunday Money right here on the Motor Racing Network or wherever you find your podcast.
5: NASCAR Live is brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. Blue Emu is family-owned and manufactured here in America. It works fast, and you won't stink. Now, back to Mike Bagley.
1: Welcome back to NASCAR Live. As we mentioned earlier, plenty of changes are in store this weekend for the GEICO 500 for the NASCAR Cup Series. And to elaborate on those changes and to give us some texture and some perspective is the crew chief for the number 12 Menards Ford Mustangs, driven by Ryan Blaney. Todd Gordon is back on NASCAR Live. Todd, welcome back to the program. Great to be here, guys. So we've got some changes coming our way this coming weekend at Talladega for the GEICO 500. Give us the breakdown of what will be different on these cars and in these cars when we take the green flag on Sunday
2: compared to what they were back at Daytona for the 500. Yeah, I think the biggest things from a performance standpoint is, um, you know, we've taken the drag ducks out of the front of the cars, and uh, and they've restric- reduced the restrictor, um, the tapered spacer size for the engine. So the drag ducks, the, the holes in the nose that blow out the wheel openings, um, they're, there depends on where you're at, but you know, put a ballpark on it's 20 horsepower a drag that it makes, um, and and we've knocked probably close to 40 horsepower um, power out of the motor so i think uh i think in, a, in all it's i think it's going to make the racing a little bit better um the, the runs that we've had with this package have been so big that if anybody blocks them they get wrecked and i think the closing rate between the two will be a little bit slower i i, I think as a as a whole will be a little slower but um you know we've we've taken some drag out and some power out and that kind of equalizes the run so that The run will be slower you'll still get there um you know and if you look at where we were pre going to you know back in the speedway package we had you know pre the the, this this 550 package we were we were 100 horsepower less so we're we're not back to where we were a year ago We're, we're just back we're back a step you know to i say a year ago being daytona 519 i think was the last time we ran that the lower power package so um it's a reduction in power the runs will be probably a little less than what they were, but I think more manageable, more raceable, and and not having the drag ducks and blowing air out the wheel openings. I think the side draft may actually be more relevant and more effective. So uh, cars be able to pull each other back once they get beside each other. So I, I think it'd be good for the sport. I think it'd be good for the racing. And uh, you know, obviously, we were involved in the in the in Newman's incident there at the at the end of the race, and you hate to see those uh, those things happen and. Um, you know, my heart sunk. I, I didn't really care what happened with that race that night, and, and you know, fortunately, we heard great news coming out of the next couple of days with Ryan, and we've got him back to racetrack. So, we've made some structural changes to the cars. There's some more bars in the cars. There's a check valve in the oil tank, so if it gets upside down, all the oil doesn't dump out like we watched happen with uh, with with Ryan's car. And um, I think they've done a good job of trying to create a, an even safer environment. We've knocked a little bit of speed out, but I think we're going to have a lot better raceability. So if you could give us some insight. So when you talk about
1: the air ducts and you're talking about the air ducts on the front of the cars on the corners, a lot of folks may not know what that actually did. You just gave us a little insight. The air comes in and then goes out the wheel wells.
2: What purpose did that serve? So what that, what that served, um, to your point, it it comes in right beside the grill opening and the, the, you know, the left and right side of the, of the nose, and then there was a carbon duct that was a each. It was manufactured for each manufacturer to make sure we all our, our openings were the different sizes, but they flowed the same amount of air. They did all that work in the wind tunnel. And um, what it does is it it just that air blowing out the wheel openings creates a bigger wake um, in the in the car and, and more drag. So the car just it, it, it makes the hole that you've got to blow in the air bigger. So you're you're pushing more air around. Um, and the other part was is that we do make downforce out of those areas of the wheel openings if you can get the wheel opening at that point to start to scavenge air out uh, from underneath the car it it pulls a negative pressure and that's that makes downforce in our cars well that that desire to pull air out was pulling air that was in front of the car so it's not pulling the undercar air. so it it by by taking the drag ducts out we we make the hole that the front of the car makes in the air a little bit smaller so it's a little more efficient and we do recover a little bit of downforce because those wheel openings are now creating more of a negative pressure under the car. So, for the fan that may be curious,
1: how does this tie into Ryan Newman's crash at Daytona? We know the car got upside down, the cockpit was compromised. What does the engine reduction have to
2: do with what we saw? The net effect was coming to the checker flag of the five hundred. Well, I, I, the the thing that I see from our standpoint is uh is we've we've changed the closing rate of the car of the. Car that's drafting behind a car coming to it, um, so so the run that you get coming at him, and, and we did. We I mean Ryan. Ryan made a Ryan. My Ryan. It can get confusing here, but we had a big run coming at the six car, you know, from the eleven cars push. So we got such a run on him and and made a move, and, and he tried to block our move, and, and we made a, 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 another move to it, and the car wasn't stable enough to take that closing rate. And, and we ended up, you know, we, Ryan, Ryan Newman did everything you're supposed to do in the last lap of the Daytona 500. I, nothing, nothing, no, nobody did anything wrong in that situation. Just the closing rate of the cars are so fast that they can't take that push when you're trying to make the block. And um, so we've slowed down the closing rate and we put a little more downforce back in the cars by taking the drag ducks out and taking the power away. So I, I think as a whole, it, that, that will help that situation slightly. I think you know a little bit slower speed won't won't will help that. Uh, a little more downforce will help that, uh, and the closing rate between the two cars slowing that down will help that as well. And and then beyond that, the structural changes of the extra bars that we put in the in the in the behind the driver and and around that area to to try to help. And there's plating to it as well. So um, there's been a, a fair amount of effort put into trying to make the cockpit safer, but slowing the, the closing rate of the two cars down so that you can race a little bit more and not just be along for the ride.
1: Appreciate it as always. Good luck to you this
2: weekend at Talladega and go give them heck in the Geico 500. I uh, look to uh, look to end up with a one spot better uh, finish than we did at Daytona. And that, uh, that'll be a successful weekend.
1: That's Ryan Blaney's crew chief in the NASCAR Cup Series and at Team Penske, Todd Gordon. Coming up, we'll look back on this week in NASCAR history.
11: Rusty Wallace here for Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief. This pain cream is the official pain cream of NASCAR for a reason. It works fast, and you won't stink. There's no messy, greasy, nasty feel, or any stinging or burning here. This is pure pain relief. Don't run your engine on Octane 89. Get the good stuff and meet me in Victory Lane. Blue Emu works fast, and you won't stink.
1: Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of NASCAR. Hi, folks. Mike Bagley here. At MRN, we rely on equipment from Racing Electronics.
0: Joey Logano to the lead on the back straightaway. Racing
1: Electronics' has scanners and headphones, we can listen to every uncensored conversation between driver and crew. You
6: want the baby, yeah!
1: And when we need live audio, in-car cameras, and up-to-the-second statistics, use their latest handheld unit called Legend. To learn more about these products and many others, visit RacingElectronics.com. Racing Electronics, the official two-way communication partner of MRN.
5: This is 48 Stories with Jimmy Johnson. The spring race in Talladega has featured many of the closest finishes in NASCAR history, including the seven-time champion's win in 2011.
9: Into the triad will they come. The challenge on down low. Jimmy Johnson pulls out front. They're saying Jimmy Johnson will get the win in the errands 499. Yeah, that was crazy. It, uh maybe one and a half, two to go. I thought we were in trouble and it wasn't going to work out. I kind of knew. I, thought, I don't know. I really didn't know what was going on and where it was at. It was just a lot going on. And I wasn't sure if I won or if it was the white, um, and I stayed in the gas until I got it two. I was just going to make sure that you know, I really didn't take the checkered flag.
5: Hear the entire 48 stories with Jimmy Johnson series on MRN.com by finding the drop-down box on the Shows tab.
1: We're about to put a bow on this week's NASCAR Live, but before we do, it's time for another history lesson. With this week in NASCAR history, here's our Susie Armstrong.
14: Thanks, Mike. 1987 is the first target of the Wayback Machine. President Ronald Reagan delivers the international challenge of the decade. Mr.
6: Gorbachev, teared down this wall.
14: Meanwhile, Richard Marks was tearing up the charts with his self-titled album, rolling out to number one with the first single, Don't Mean Nothing. Jack Nicholson was the evil manipulator in the dark fantasy comedy The Witches of Eastwick, And the late Tim Richmond was nothing but good on the Tricky Triangle, leading 82 laps to win the Miller High Life 500 at Pocono Raceway.
9: you got to wonder how many times Tim Richmond has had this dream since he's missed so many races this year. He is showing the way off turn number three. Looks like he's going to do it. Out of turn number three, Tim
6: Richmond heads down to the start-finish line, and he is going to win. Here this afternoon, the Miller High Life 500. The arm goes out the window, and Richmond wins by seven or eight. Car lengths.
14: 1998. Scary, sporty, baby ginger and posh pack their bags as the Spice Girls kick off their first North American tour. The Chicago Bulls conclude their trek around the nation with a sixth NBA championship over the Utah Jazz. And Mark Martin took a tour around the Irish Hills, motoring to victory in the Miller Lite 400 at Michigan International Speedway.
1: Off of turn number two, going to the outside of Kevin LePage and Gary Bradbury, one mile to the checkered flag for Mark Martin in turn three, all by himself. Now John Andretti's STP Pontiac closes in. Andretti not on the lead lap. Mark Martin basically all by himself looking for the checkered
6: flag off turn four. Jeff Gordon led all but 16 of the first 150 laps of this event, but in the final 50, it was Mark Martin who asserted himself at the front. Mark comes to the checkered flag and scores his fourth win of the 98 season.
14: 2008, Coldplay's Viva La Vida rules Billboard's Hot 100, ending a decade-long British hiatus from the prestigious ranking. Video game enthusiasts were jacked up for Grand Theft Auto 4, and Joey Logano stole the show in the bluegrass state, leading the final 54 laps to win the Xfinity Series Meyer 300 at Kentucky Speedway, Logano's first NASCAR victory.
7: You would never guess it was just his third NASCAR Nationwide Series start. Looks like a veteran out there. Car pinned right to the bottom of the speedway. Drifts up off turn two for the final time. It's Joey Logano to the backstretch. Had a good teacher in Kyle
1: Busch earlier this evening teaching him some lines around this
9: racetrack. Right now, Joey Logano hits his marks in turn three and four for the final time in route to
0: his first career Nationwide win. We've talked about Joey Logano. He's done everything
14: but win. But, heck, this is only the first handful of races for him. Joey Logano wins his first career victory. And those are just some of the events from this week in NASCAR history.
1: Thank you, Susie. And also our thanks go to NASCAR President Steve Phelps, Haley Deegan, Todd Gordon, and President of Talladega Super Speedway brian creighton we also like to thank you as well for joining us and we'll chat with you again next week right here on nascar live until then i'm mike backley for the rest of the mrn crew so long everybody
5: nascar live is a production of the motor racing network with studios in concord north carolina and was brought to you by hercules tires right on our strength and by blue emu maximum pain relief the official pain relief cream of the motor racing network Blue Emu is family-owned and manufactured here in America. It works fast, and you won't stink. Today's broadcast was produced by Alexa Henrion, Tyler Burnett, and Rich Colbert. The executive producer for MRN is Ryan Horn. Remember to visit MRN.com for all the latest news and information. NASCAR Live is produced under an exclusive license with NASCAR. Any use of the accounts or descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network.